0: Welcome into the Tight Lies Podcast, episode 41.
1: Mm, tight Lies, Dirk Nowinski episode.
0: Yep, bringing, you, bringing a little NBA flavor. We like uh, to pay homage to the greats. Yes, yes. Um, probably the greatest European basketball player in NBA history. Hot take? You're not find, wrong. Find, find me a better one.
1: Longevity wise. I mean, I'm mean, a t- big fan of AK 47 Andre Karolinka.
0: Oh, he's trash. But he's what a nickname. Tra- oh, I mean, he's the best. It's the best nickname. Is this a golf podcast? I don't know. Um, I would say Dirk, Tony Parker, uh, Manu Ginobili. Those three probably in in the last ten years. I don't really know a lot of Europeans prior to the nineties since I wasn't hatched yet. But uh, you can you can comment on Twitter if you have any better than that. Uh, With a little bit of European flavor, we'll go into the WGC Mexico Championship was this past weekend in uh, Mexico City. And I was really hoping and praying that this would not happen. Mm. And typically, if I call people out, talk trash about them, we always say those guys usually end up doing something good. I mean, you talked bad about Roy last
1: year, and I think he had seven straight top tens. Yeah, he uh, he did pretty good. So Patrick Reed, no different here, winning down in Mexico.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just how it kind of works for me. So like I've I've said before, if you if you need a little boost, you can always uh, always call me, text me, tweet me if you need a little bump before your uh, any sporting event, and I'll talk trash about you, and you'll probably succeed. So uh, the the only person that didn't work for was Hayden Buckley this week, mm. and that will uh, we'll get to him later, but. Yeah, Patrick Reed wins. He birdies three out of the last four holes to win uh, over Bryson, DeChambeau, uh, Eric Van Ruyen, John Rahm, Rory, all those guys. Um, So, obviously, stacked leaderboard. I thought JT was going to win. He was so bad last week in California. Mm -hmm. But he was rolling the rock. He was making a ton of birdies. And, obviously, there if you hit it a mile, it goes a mile and a half. So, all signs were leading to like him, and Bryson led the tournament in driving. He was right there, um, and I was hope, and I really wanted back door Eric Van Rooyen. They were showing like career earnings on the PJ Tour. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody in the top five had like over twenty million, <laughs> up to like Rory with like forty or whatever, mm-hmm. and Eric Van Rooyen was like five hundred seventy four thousand dollars in career PJ Tour earnings. Yeah, like that would have been incredible for him to win. He also wears joggers, so I'm sure there would have been quite a bit of. Uh, noise about his joggers Absolutely. on Twitter. looking good. But, yeah, Patrick Reed, um, I, it, I don't know if there's ever been another athlete, and obviously golf's an individual sport, um, so it's a little bit different, but I don't know if there is another athlete that has played the villain so much but has had so much success when he's hated at his height. Yeah. Like you could argue he's hated the most he's been hated right now. And, and he he he's won and he just a WGC. And he won a playoff event last year. Yeah. So, and he
1: won a masters two years ago. He's just like on this
0: weird roll. Yeah, uh I dunno I don't know. I, I don't the only other like I guess McEnroe maybe in tennis. He he was kind of like the bad boy of tennis. Yeah. And he was pretty successful, but I also think he had a lot of people that loved him too. That's true. He was more polarizing than I would say it was just like an all-out villain. Like, go find me ten people that like Patrick Reed. And first of all, they're idiots. And second of all, I don't think you could find ten.
1: Yeah, you're right. Only during Ryder Cup times multiple years ago is when Patrick Reed fans were around with Captain America. But that since was been especially fresh off the cheating that's come up, and since that came up, uh, prior tournaments, that video evidence has showed up of him cheating. Everybody's kind of off his bandwagon and on his back as far as not rooting for him.
0: Yeah, people – something that didn't age very well is people naming him – dubbing him Captain America. Oh, God. Before – like, honestly, a lot of this stuff didn't come out until he won a Masters. And that's when all the stories about his parents and family and all that stuff kind of came back out to the light. Yeah. And that's when people were kind of like, oh, dude, this guy's kind of a scumbag. But, like – you know, he was 18 years old, like everybody makes mistakes, and then it's like, okay, no, he's just really a scumbag because yeah. he's now like 26 or 27, and he's still doing this shit.
1: Yeah, now he's we'll be 30 later this year, and he's continuing to do it. So,
0: And he's doing it with the world watching. When yeah. he was at Georgia as a 18-year-old freshman stealing watches or whatever in the locker room and, like, erasing numbers on his – qualifying rounds or whatever he was doing mm-hmm. like not a lot of people are watching like literally the world is watching you and you're still doing it yeah right? yeah
1: i know we talked a lot uh last week about a peter costas interview but when he did bring up uh when reed was playing i can't remember where but he put his iron down in the rough behind his ball four or five times just to go back and get a it was in san way. diego
0: and costas said the line that he didn't have this shot with the original lie he was like, he didn't have this shot uh, three minutes ago, guys. That, that
1: pretty much sums up the Patrick Reed. I mean, he's on TV, near the lead in a tournament, world watching, and he's willing to do something like that.
0: And, like, I've seen guys change like guys change clubs. Like, that happens. Um, but I've never seen anybody go through, like, a four-club progression, take that long and – then like – and go from a – like literally he said it was so egregious it was a wedge hack out to a three-wood. Yeah. Like it's one thing – oh, he, he thought he could maybe get a seven iron on it now. Like take a risk. But mm-hmm. that's just – something changed for sure. Yeah. um now He's now – he's got a one major, two playoff wins, and two WGCs. And so like in his kind of class, I guess you put him in. He's like with Ricky, Finau. Webb Simpson, like that crew, he's like the he's probably and I hate to say this, he's probably like the best of that n- like next tier, that
1: second tier group. Yeah, I mean he's up to number eight in the world now. He's
0: uh, he's basically like, if all things stay the same, he's going to be an Olympian if he wants to play in the Olympics. You're right. Yeah. Which guy? I hope, please, Lord, somebody or multiple people get ahead of him for the Olympics. Because he doesn't deserve to represent America, mm-hmm. and even if they if they even have it, because coronavirus is quote air quotes wreaking havoc on the world, yeah. even though it's like well, not more people die of the common cold every year. Um, but please, somebody get ahead of him, so we don't have to hear about Captain America representing America in the Olympics.
1: Yeah, talking about him, kind of performing under the pressure of a lot of quote unquote haters in his past. Seven seasons, including this year. He's had a win in all but one of them. So, I mean, the guy's got a ton of game and is taking the villain role and just rolling with it. He's not really letting it affect him. He's playing really well. Like you just said, he's probably that uh, top of that second tier of players. Um, I mean, he's a really great talent and had a, so much promise. That's the thing. is He got dubbed Captain America. He couldn't do no wrong to an American fan the way he played and the way he fired up uh, against Team Europe. But since then, he failed to ride that high. And he's just kind of been screwing around ever since.
0: Yeah, um, I've I've been public about it. It's just – it's honestly now to me, like everybody knows I hate him. Everybody hates him. To me now it's more intriguing of like how long – like, it's almost, you know how, like, Brooks has, like, the mental fortitude of, like, not really care, like, not, not, not caring, but mm-hmm. he can lock in, and Tiger has that. It's like, it's almost harder to me to do what he's doing. Yeah. When you have 50,000 people typically at any given golf tournament that are actively not rooting for you. Yeah. I mean, I
1: guess the only thing you could say is no pressure in the sense that if you fail, people are just going to cheer and then move on from it, you know. Whereas, like, if, if Tiger failed, everybody's going to drag out the story. Or if a Brooks failed, you're going to drag out the story that he didn't have a game to finish the tournament or something. With Patrick Reed, it's just you're happy that he failed. But that's a, it's a hard mentality to take uh, you against the world every single week you step out doing your profession. Um, I've heard a comment this week about Brooks kind of being like uh, – the faldo of old that kinda of hung to himself and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Reed just takes that to another level because not only does he stick to himself, because every PGA tour player is pretty open about not liking him. Um, not only is he by himself, but he's hated. So it's a weird dynamic for somebody that's playing so good and kinda of on top of his game. I mean I know he had a miscut a couple weeks ago, but outside of that, he's got a win. He had a T six I know he top I know he top ten. At uh, the Farmers uh, Century of Champions, came in second. Hero World Challenge came in third. I mean, the guy's playing some good golf when he makes the cut.
0: He he seems to play his best golf also in like the big tournaments. Yeah. So I mean he's he's a gamer. Like I can't. And I guess that also is what makes me like not mad, but like damn it, like why <laughs> why do why is it only why can't you just win like a bunch of Wyndham championships uh-huh. which is his first win but uh, I, it, I'm like why do I have to watch you on Sunday at a WGC event or a playoff event when there's only 35 guys in the field or whatever I'm just like can you just go away for a little while and let me have my pe- don't show up for a major but it's, it's just I mean he is I as much as I dislike him I have to respect uh, and he almost gets my respect more than like some guys just in a weird way because of the hate. Like, I can't imagine walking – because you're already kind of on an island as a golfer. Like, you have your caddy and stuff. But Mm -hmm. literally knowing that nobody else there and all these people are watching, everybody – like, literally they like everybody else except you. (laughs) If you think – but there's 160-something golfers in an average tournament and you're probably – but you're of course in the bottom five percent of the fan vote mm-hmm. every single week. Mm-hmm. Yet you go out and in basically five years on tour, you've already won eight times. I want to say he won the race to Dubai, or was in, he's been in the top five in the race to Dubai like the last three years too? Because he's winning all these worldwide tournaments. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's very it's an interesting. One day there's going to be there's going to be something written about it or something on TV, um, like a behind-the-music type deal of Patrick Reed, and it's going to go into, deeper into his mind.
1: I would love to have, like, a step back. Uh, don't hate on me when you listen to this, but, like, the Jonas Brothers came out of the documentary a couple of years ago, but them getting back together, um, and it kind of talked about what all they went through when they broke up and how they were all mad at each other, kind of where they were mentally. I'd love in a few years, hopefully quite a few years from now, but for Patrick um, to kind of have a sit-down interview of him, hear his mind through all this. Because you know being in that lonely place is going to wear on you. It's going to wear on anyone. So it would be interesting to see his thoughts. Because I know it's something he's not going to talk about right now in depth. But, yeah, like a look back at it would be very interesting.
0: It's going to have to be from a perspective perspective. Like, I don't know how much interviews you would get from Patrick Reed in a documentary setting.
1: What if his parents did one?
0: I mean, like, that's what I want. I want, like, a 30-for-30 type deal where he's not really in it, but it's all about him. Yeah, yeah. But I guess part – you have to have somebody, like, people around him, and it would just be, like – he would never put out anything that he wasn't controlling, like, with all autonomy. Mm -hmm. A, because his wife's crazy. B, he has nobody in his circle, and it's probably for a reason. Like, I don't feel like he trusts anybody. And so, like, the only way you're going to get it, which would really only be about, like, probably 75% of the true story, you're not going to get everything. But it would still be freaking interesting. Yeah. If you got – you get Renault, you get all these people. Because they see him. They're playing with him. Like, you can't hide mm-hmm. all the time. Like, mm-hmm. he's playing 25 events a year. Like, you're going to be around him on the golf course. You're going to see him in the locker room, but it would be, that would be an incredible um, doc in my opinion is Man. him. Cause there's, there's a lot going, there's some, there's some, uh, some mental type things, not disorders, but tics, phobias. Um, I mean, narcissistic, egotistical, I and mean, there's a lot of men. I would love to have a sports psychologist dive into that brain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, He is one of those guys that when he – mean, when he came out and he wore red on Sunday.
0: Yeah, that's almost like a direct disrespect type thing.
1: To the guy who probably opened the door for him to play the game.
0: But that aside. I blame that – also blame that on Nike's scripting department. You're right. You're right. But he does have that –
1: and maybe that's why he's good. He has that extra gear of like,
0: I don't care. Like, I'm hated,
1: whatever. I'll club twirl on you. I'll fist bump at your face type thing. I'll wear red on Sunday. I don't give a crap. If I'm hitting it good, I'm going to go kick your butt.
0: He's like Pete Weber. I saw a thing about on Instagram, the bowler, Pete Weber. Oh. It was like the eight-year anniversary of him doing the uh, –
1: <laughs> Who do you think you are? Well, I
0: am. Yeah. Like that's – I saw that. Like he's got some of that. I'm trying to think about like maybe like a pitcher. I'm trying to think about like a baseball pitcher that was just like, I don't give a rat's ass. I'm throwing in your ear hole. Like I'm trying to think of somebody like
1: – Nolan that, Ryan when he was 50.
0: Yeah, but like – but he's still like revered, yeah. And, like, like I don't. I think Patrick Reed could win twenty five golf tournaments, and like nobody would respect him still. Yeah. Like I, it's bad. like they respect his performances, but I don't think they would respect him and where it's coming from.
1: Yeah, yeah. He may be a Hall of Famer, but no one's gonna clap when he speaks at this
0: at the ceremony. Type yeah. Of thing. I mean, like now seeing a Rod like after like a ton of people hated a Rod for right. a while. You're right. But, like, now he's, like, he's a pretty mild-mannered dude. And, like, he doesn't come across as – right, When you hook your wagon to JLo, you're doing pretty well. Well, yeah, obviously. But, I mean, no, he's – since he's gotten into it's – It's just – I can't – I've been sports. racking my mind for basically the last three or four days since he won. And I'm trying to find a sports equivalent comparison to him. And I – I literally can't find one. Like yeah. I think McEnroe's close, but he had people that liked – I'm sure there's people that like Patrick Reed. I've, I haven't found many. And then, like, somebody in base – a pitcher could be really the only yeah. thing I think of. Well, and, the point you made earlier,
1: being a solo sport makes it tough too. Yeah,
0: it's hard. Because, like, you can kind of be – you can only do so much harm and still have a career in team sports. Yeah. Because at some point you're going to affect other people who aren't going to perform – Yep. And then the team suffers. Where here, if he suffers, whatever, buddy, you, re- you made your own bed. Yeah,
1: if you're detrimental to a team, you're going to be gone, essentially.
0: So, uh, before we leave the WGC, um, I really like that golf course. Oh,
1: yeah, I did t- and I love the yardages. I love how they it, it kind of works their mind for a week.
0: But it's like, I mean, what did he shoot? 17, 18 under? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it scored about, like, I don't know – Eighty percent of the other PJ Tour events. So just because the altitude is where it is, whatever. I think it's a cool golf course. There's a lot of quirk to it. It's a lot of different shots, different angles. It TV, it it shows pretty well on TV. And I love it when they do like the pan out, like drone shots or whatever, and they do the comparison of what it was built like in 1906 or whatever versus now, and just see how the city has completely enveloped around it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it like. It's just a cool, it's a very stark, cool comparison. Um, it's wild. I love it. You always get the, like, I feel like every, a lot of these mainstays on tour get these like one liners about the course and everything. And it's like, this one's is, well, everything breaks towards Mexico City. <laughs> like that's its thing. Yeah. Last week it was where were they playing? Last week they were playing at Riviera. Yeah. Oh, everything breaks to the Pacific Coast Highway, mm-hmm. or like the Kikuya, Like they said Kakuya thirty five times every thirty minutes. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's like that's its little. I tried. I'm trying to pick up on those, but like the repeat stops. Um, I'm sure there'll be one. It'll probably be about how all oh, the Bermuda around the surrounds of the greens is sticky, even though it's probably overseeded in ryegrass anyway. Uh-huh. Um, but still, I thought I always thought that's funny. Yeah. So we're going to start, we're going to transition here, but uh, we're trying to find a little bit of a new slant. And uh, our new slant is we're going to start trying to cover more college golf. And part of that is, is because we're pretty recently relatively out of college. Uh, we have, we know some folks in the In the realm of that world that played college golf, whatever. And I just don't think it gets a ton of coverage. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to cover. Like, I'm trying to do some research and figure out what teams are playing and what tournaments. It's like, literally, these tournaments are in four days and they don't even have the schedule. Like, I can't find the schedule. I had to go to eat. Like, I went through the top 25 and I literally went to their schedules on their own websites to figure out what tournaments they were playing. Like, you couldn't even find them on – The tournaments themselves don't have websites, but Mm -hmm. there's like a a website, Golf Stat or something, and they list them all, and they do some scoring for them, but you still can't find anything. So we're going to do our best to shine some light on some college golf. And I think, and especially with the SEC and in this part of the country, it's probably, besides the Pac-12, it's the premier. Like it's it's SEC and Big 12 and Pac-12 that are the three kind of, The big ones. The ACC has good tradition, but over the last – since five, ten years, since I've really been paying attention, it's those three main conferences. Yeah,
1: I mean, the big hitters are always going to be Texas, Alabama. Auburn's become a bigger hitter in the last few years. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. you got your Stanford.
0: um, Arizona has a good good tradition. So, uh, Oregon, who's played
1: really well lately. Honestly,
0: any of the California schools. You're right. Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. And then SEC. And then the SEC and uh
1: minus Mississippi State,
0: yeah, which we can the new coach doing better, I think mm-hmm. got some got some more talent in the in the well, but uh yeah, we're we'll kind we're gonna start touching on that, so coming up they're they're the big um big two big tournaments coming up, kind of getting the season started, like I know the women Mississippi state women had their first tournament of the year this past week, which they won, mm-hmm. and they had uh freshmen. I think it's Ashley Gillum. She date, dated or dates Akshay.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Uh,
0: who was the number one junior in the world who turned pro lat, like in towards the fall series. After the USAM and everything in Walker Cup. But uh, she finished T2 overall. And she had two back-to-back rounds, like 69-67. And she's she's a baller. I think she's from East Tennessee. Yeah, that's
1: playing right there.
0: But uh, anyway, so the two big – men's tournament's coming up, the Southern Highlands Collegiate which is in Las Vegas. So basically the spring break, first part of spring break, you got two big tournaments and half the top 25 or t- half the top 25 are going to one and other half are going to the other. Mm-hmm. So, the Southern Highlands, it's at Southern Highlands Country Club in Las Vegas. You got Pepperdine who's number 1 currently, Oklahoma who I think's 2 or 3, Georgia Tech, Texas Tech, Duke, SMU, Georgia, Texas. Um so, Cole Hammer will be there. Yeah. Um, uh, Andy Ogletree. Was he a senior last year?
1: Who? good Yeah. I feel like he was I think a he was, too, actually.
0: Uh, um, he's still ranked in the amateur rankings, because I don't think he's turned pro yet, uh-huh. a fi- or hadn't played any pro starts. He maybe is. I think he's a senior. Um, he's 15th in the World Golf Amateur Rankings. Yeah. So, anyway, you'll have some good uh, – some good players there. Obviously, Georgia's also another. You look on the PJ Tour and you look down the line on the range and you probably see about 20 to 25 Georgia bags, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I don't think – I mean, they haven't like won anything. No. But they just had a ton of sustained talent.
1: They're never up there in the team events, but it's like every year they've got a stud.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kisner, Bubba, Keith Mitchell, um, Hudson Swafford, a bunch of those dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh. And then the other is the Cabo tournament. You got Vandy, Arizona, Arizona State, A and M, Baylor, and then it's like a couple. of uh, Some of these other teams are either hosting their own tournament. There's a big tournament at, at University of Florida coming up, but those are kind of the main tournaments to be looking at. Um, I'm sure there'll be some Golf Channel coverage of those. Mm-hmm. They typically pick uh, those bigger events, and either they'll do it because I think they I mean, they play them like on Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays and stuff. So. Play them during the middle of the week when there's nothing else going on. Yeah, Um,
1: absolutely. I was actually looking the other day at going up to Nashville to play at the Vanderbilt Legends Club with one of our buddies, Tucker, longtime listener of the show. And uh, the Mason Rudolph Championship is actually that weekend. Vandy's hosting, so they're playing at the Vandy Legends Course. And then the next weekend, which will be possibly Tight Golf's first time to cover a collegiate event up close and personal is the Old Waverly Collegiate Championship down in uh, West Point. That's just outside of startville, so close to home for us, and uh, the dogs will be playing there. It's a course we're familiar with and have played before, so that'll be a treat to cover that, and we're kind of excited to do this new realm of golf that needs some more respect.
0: Yeah, so obviously Andy Ogletree won the USAM, and then he beat John uh, Augustine, who he's a senior this year at Vandy, um, and plenty of other. I mean, the Cootie brothers at Texas. Yeah, th- those are all guys to watch. Um, I know John. Uh, John, John Pack, Pack. here. Pack, he's a stud. Yeah, in Florida State. I know he either won an event, he either won an event last week, medalist or something. But he's he's up there. He's ranked six in the. W G A G R right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we're going to start diving into that more. Um, Memphis practices, literally, their practice facility is down the street from us. So, um, they got. I know they've got a couple guys uh, ranked in the top 100 in the individual golf, collegiate golf rankings I was looking at. Um, Isaiah Jackson, who he's – I think he's ranked 70th. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a bunch – just in this area, there's a lot of good college golf, and we're going to try to cover that a little bit more for the folks that are interested in it. Absolutely. So this week's uh, podcast, again, is brought to you in part by Alex Snyder, uh, CFA. If you need any advice on your retirement accounts, investment portfolio, um, what you should put in your piggy bank at night, whatever you need financially, and like Will said, he will do landscaping as well, (laughs) Um, give him a shout uh, and – if you if if you're looking for a place to store your money, he's a good man to to do that with. Yeah, coming
1: from two guys in their mid twenties, he would tell you there's no better time than now to save for
0: retirement. The money you save now is the money that you retire on, That's because most people aren't saving.
1: Where all of our big golf trips are going to come from, we turn sixty and blow it out of the water. So,
0: holler at Snyder. Yeah, we thank we thank the lumberjack uh, for his services and his support.
1: Yeah, generous donations uh, keep this train moving.
0: Yep. Uh, This week, Honda Classic, Mm -hmm. start of the Florida swing. So, back on Bermuda grass that's probably overseeded with rye grass. Love it. But uh, I don't know if that means that there's still grain or not, but uh, I know it will bring in a new kind of group of golfers, especially on the greens, uh, into the fold. Mm -hmm. You got guys like uh, Kevin Kisner, who he's literally like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do on Poena. But put me on Bermuda, and I'm going to make everything. Yeah. So, it'll be cool to see uh, kind of a new group of guys. you got all these guys that live around here. I mean, literally, Jupiter is in these guys' backyard this week. So, it's a home game for a lot of these guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, PJ National, known for the bear trap. It's like the hardest. Like last year, the winning score, Keith Mitchell shot nine under um, overall. So, it's going to be a tough week. Thick, rough. Always
1: the, a lot of water. Always a lot of wind.
0: Yeah, blowing. We're watching the replay coverage of last year, and we were looking. It was like gusts of 23 miles an hour, crosswinds. But the bear trap is like one of the hardest three-hole, if not the hardest three-hole stretch, uh, 16, 17, 18. And you, we were watching it. And we're like, man, they must have gone pretty low or or whatever. And it's like, no, they got it to like 10, and then they all – if you could go par, 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 and you're in the – Within two or three shots going into that stretch, you got a shot to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be fun to watch. I know the field is Brooks is back in the field. Jay, uh, Justin Rose is in the field. Ricky Gary Woodland, Tommy Fleetwood, who is I'm pretty sure is the odds favorite um, this really? w- this week, which shocking. Yeah, he I was. I know, know he was the highest valued pick on DraftKings. Okay. Um, and I, I don't hear much from him. Yeah, he. He's he's actually he's tied with Brooks okay. on uh on BoVata.
1: Brooks coming off a little minor injury again.
0: Yeah, I, I saw a press conference today. and He's basically like, yeah, the knee's doing fine, better than expected. Just needed to rest it. Like mm-hmm. it's, I guess for them, really the only way you can like basketball. Oh, I like, can you can go shoot you can do kind of drills, half speed, whatever. It's like, well, got you're either gonna play or you're not. Yeah. Like, you can swing it or you can't. Yeah, you kind of just got to figure it out. Trial right. by fire. You're right. Uh, Ricky Fowler four, plus fourteen hundred. Gary Woodland plus twenty two hundred. Billy Horschel plus twenty five hundred. Justin Rose plus twenty five hundred. Louis Oosthuizen plus twenty five hundred. Last week's winner at Puerto Rico, Victor Hovland plus twenty eight hundred. Value pick. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Daniel Berger, Jupe Life for sure, uh, plus thirty three hundred. Shane Lowry, the Open champion, plus four thousand. Eric Van Rooyen. Plus five thousand after how he played last week. Wouldn't be a bad guy to throw a few bones on mm-hmm. or to put in to get a value pick in your DraftKings lineup. Uh but that basically rounds out the in the last year's champion at plus sixty six hundred, Keith Mitchell. Chattanooga boy. Kevin Keith. Yeah, Kevin Keith Mitchell, as uh Will Brewer famously called him. And mm-hmm. then I saw <laughs> I saw something today. Fleener, uh Aaron Fleener, who's J T Poston's caddy, uh put an Instagram story up. It was like Keith and uh, JT were hitting next to each other. And the people who we saw, the people that volunteer at some of these golf tournaments have no clue who any of these guys are.
1: That's very true, sadly.
0: I I mean, they didn't know who Brian – they thought Brian Harmon was like a JV basketball coach at the Sanderson Farms. We had to like help them figure out that's who that was. (laughs) But they couldn't – they didn't know. They kept walking by him and they're like, we're looking for Postman. Where's Postman at? (laughs) And Flair's like, he's right here. JT posting and they're oh, okay and they put the tag down on him. but and then obviously uh Keith Mitchell's had like a similar situation as like George Gre- and Greg Kittle that uh-huh. thing Yep. so it's pretty funny um it's just amazing like this dude literally won a million dollars at this tournament last year and people like still don't know who they are
1: it kind of comes out of nowhere and then one person pronounces it wrong or says it wrong and it just kind of sticks yeah and kind of and then it
0: kind of becomes a joke like yeah. his caddy is more recognizable than he is yeah crunchy Pete crunchy is Pete. is more recognizable but uh look for him to ha- look for them to have a good week. Um, Keith Brooks and Matthew Wolf are playing together. Mm-hmm. Did you write that? I did. Okay, that's a good little pick there. Good little pairing to watch. Yeah, and uh, for us, obviously these, the, the mainstays are important, but uh, Hayden Buckley, who we've talked about quite a bit, he's a recurring guest on the podcast. Uh, he Monday qualified in tied for tied for medalist honors at the Monday queue this week. And got in. Huge deal. I mean, yeah, it's unreal. So, basically, he's been in Naples for the last – basically for the winter, Monday queues, practicing, working out with the coach, whatever. We were talking the other day, and he was like, yeah, I'm about to head back to Tupelo. And, like, kind of once spring gets halfway here. Yeah. uh, Just so I can get back home, save some money, whatever, and and get ready for the Midwest swing. Because he's got – Conditional stat—he has like the top conditional status on the Corn Ferry.
1: Yeah, finished six on the McKenzie Tour last year. Yeah, he missed just outside of guaranteed.
0: Yeah, he missed it by like five hundred dollars. Yeah, it's crazy. It's that's just the story of the mini tour life. But uh, it's all about breaks, and so he was kind of getting geared up for after Knoxville, which is about early May. Basically, the second reshuffle, Um, he was pretty sure he was about to get some guaranteed starts, and that's kind of when we saw Grant Hirschman, another friend of the pod. That's kind of when he hit his stride last year mm-hmm. and got on a run and finished in the top 70. And he's currently in the top 25 right now on the Corn Ferry Tour. But anyway, and Hayden's like, he's like, I'm going to keep chasing the Monday queues for the next few months. I'm not going to go back to Canada or anything unless I just have to because I think I'm going to get some starts. But I'm just going to keep trying to Monday qualify. Yeah. It was literally, I texted him, I don't know, last Thursday maybe. Uh-huh. And on Monday, boom, he hits. Shoot six under. And at the Honda. <laughs> at the, at, for the freaking Honda. and uh, So I know that I want to say it's either top 25 or top 10. I feel like it's top 25 gets you into next week. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, literally like he said, he goes, man, one one round, one day, one week can literally change your life so I've got to chase the Monday Qs right now.
1: And he's on a great roll. I mean, think about it. Monday Qualifying, and shout out to Monday Qualifying on Twitter, one yep. of my favorite accounts to follow. But just how hard it is for these guys to get into a tournament that they're not given status into, it's pretty incredible. And, and for it to happen to somebody that we know and for a big-time PGA tournament, uh, super impressive.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of eyes. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty big tournament. It comes into this stretch, kind of leading into the players. People really start – your march is going to be here – on Monday, mm-hmm. people are really starting to get back in the swing of things with golf and so you get him on a he'll if he has any kind of good rounds, they'll be talking about it. Um I mean, if he top thirty fives I
1: think last year, looking at last year's payout, if he top thirty fives excuse me, top twenty fives, that's what gets him to another week. Yep. If he top twenty fives he's gonna make somewhere around in the neighborhood of fifty grand. I mean fifty grand from for a McKenzie tour player is multiple seasons earnings. So if he's only fifty? Yeah, I thought it was more than that. About fifty, somewhere okay. between forty-one and sixty-four. But still, that's my grade of
0: math, somewhere around fifty. But still, that's literally half. Oh yeah, year. but I mean,
1: think about fifty grand. He's what twenty-four years old. Mm-hmm. A twenty-four-year-old working a professional job right out of school is making fifty grand. He's going to make that in four days if he made that and would be able to roll it into another event. So, so it's really exciting for him in his career. Absolutely, we're uh, pulling big time for him he's for off sure.
0: Eight twenty-five tomorrow morning. I will be watching. On PGA Tour Live, NBC Sports Gold, I will be looking for him for sure. And I'll be using honestly, I'll just be using Shotcast too because it's better than anything the PGA Tour is putting out for video. Um, anything else on the uh, on the PGA Tour side of things?
1: I don't think so. No,
0: I mean I make a couple picks here. Uh, I think Ricky's gonna win. Uh, he plays well here. He's won here in the past. He lives around the corner. He's not really being talked about a ton as we watch him when he won the players on the PJ Tour commercials right now. Um, and I don't know. I feel like he's in this kind of mood when I've seen him. He's pissed. He's, like, quietly pissed off. Like, Ricky, you always talk about being ho-hum. But, like, I, in his inter- post-round interviews on the court, I can tell he's, like, God, I'm so close, and I'm pissed that I'm not winning more. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of hearing about it and, like, I want him to get that dog in him, and I think he's about there. Yeah. And I would – uh, I really feel good about him this week. Um,
1: I like that pick. I think once Ricky gets it going, very few people kind of can get on a roll like him.
0: Yeah, I think another guy – I mean, obviously he just won, but I, all, I was reading some stuff. And it's like all the models are showing. Hovland is a very good pick um, for the week, even though he just won. But it's like – Oh, yeah, you won, but it's kind of like with Morikawa. He won like an alternate field event. So, it's like you won, but like they all are kind of like competing with each other. Matt Wolf got a a full status one. Yeah. So, I could see him rolling that into another – now that he kind of got the monkey off his back, hopefully he didn't get too drunk this weekend. And uh, he can – he always looks drunk or screwed up somehow. But um, hopefully he can roll that into a good week. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of like Gary Woodland. Yeah, Uh,
1: Seven events this year, four top 25s. I think his highest place this year was third. But uh, he's a guy that I think, especially if it gets windy there, he's going to utilize that kind of stinger shot he's known for. That low trage. Exactly. So watch out for him. Um, And, yeah, I honestly like Hovland, too. I saw his post-round interview Thursday down in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And they were kind of talking about, just what you were saying about Wolf and more already having wins. And he was like, ah, I mean, I'm playing pretty good right now. And when my time comes, my time comes. And then he wins three, four days later. So, I like that. Rolled into something else. I, mean, I think
0: there's some natural competition probably between him and Wolf. Cause, oh, yeah. I mean, Wolf was always the I – mean, he was the NCAA individual champion. He has the, the swing that gets him all the notoriety. He comes out, he wins first. And they've been – and he and Hovland's a year older. But then Hovland goes, follows it up, wins the USAM, is the low medalist at the US Open.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's he's kind of that quiet killer, um, and I, I think as much as he's going to say they're not competing, like they definitely are competing. But that's good. I think it's healthy. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like they're boys, but you need you need somebody to kind of push you. And I think those three are a good like next three of young guys coming up to kind of push these upper twenties guys. They're, I think it's a quality group of uh, young guns that I think are going to have sustaining success, so yeah. I definitely think he's a good pick. Yeah,
1: Hovland said that in that interview Thursday, like, what made you successful at Oklahoma State and what made your team, why are you all so good? And he noted the fact that you've got people like Wolf and you've got more cow went to wear cow. Yeah. You've got people like that that every week are showing up to the same tournaments and you're pushing each other. So that's just kind of being carried into the PGA Tour life and – Hopefully it's many, many years to come of them doing that.
0: I saw a stat line talking about college golf and stuff with those guys. It was the Western Collegiate, which is like the big tournament at Pasatiempo. It's mm-hmm. coming up. And the scoring average of that tournament since like 1930-something when it first started, the scoring average was like 75. And now it's like 69 or 68 or something or seven. It's like it's dropped. it's dropped over five strokes. In the last sixty years,
1: thanks Tiger, and it was
0: like big drop to in like it was gradual, 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 big drop like in the '60s, gradual, 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 big drop in the '90s, gradual, gradual, huge drop in 2010. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to kind of you start thinking about you're like okay, better ball like early on, Woods transitioning to metal Woods, like the then like the newer, like the modern golf ball, then club heads getting bigger, and then like the last eight, nine years with the super low spin ball and the bigger heads and everything. Just kind of, you could literally put the eras. It's like we went from a feather ball to a wound ball. We went to the the new low, like the, the Pro B1 came out like 90 or 91 or whatever. Uh-huh. Like you saw the changes there. It was just cool to see. Yeah. Uh, you could literally visualize it on a graph. The and chart
1: could, and chart fit, they would fit perfectly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, with equipment. That's pretty interesting, especially with all the discussion of balls and clubs right now with uh, officials.
0: Yeah, um, super interesting. So to wrap it up, we're gonna do we're gonna start doing some I don't know, just kind of top three what we see, and it can be anything. Top three, I don't know. We're gonna do golf movies today. It could be freaking candy bar, encore snacks. It could be golf club, golf shoes you've ever owned. Anything, and you are more than welcome to tweet us suggest any of these things mm-hmm. we also would love to accept q a questions because as much as we love to hear ourselves talk and come up with our own stuff we also want to talk about things that you may want to hear that you're not finding elsewhere uh we would love to have some input but anyway we're going to start here will you go ahead and start first we'll uh we'll go back and forth
1: okay we're doing uh top three golf movies this week we starting at one or three
0: uh, we will we'll start at three Okay. We'll we'll reverse it. We'll start
1: at three. and Start from the back for three. Three for me. Ten cup. Mm. Uh, it's always in everybody's top few golf movies. Um, you gotta love Rene Russo, Kevin Costner. Uh, my memory of that movie would be the famous seven iron scene hitting it down the road. So it's one of those things. It's just a good golf movie all around. Good story. Good one liners all through it. Every golf fan loves.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, I would say my number three is Billy Madison. And that is in part because I love Adam Sandler. I think he is – as he's shown in the last few months, the Uncut Gems, that he is a very underrated actor. And uh, I think it's hilarious. Obviously, one of the fam- most famous golf characters has come out as Shooter McGavin, mm-hmm. who continues to be a menace yeah. in the golf Twitter world. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Still very relevant. He was at the Barstool Super Bowl party. I saw that. Um but, yeah, there's some great, great one-liners and quotes from uh, from that movie. I feel like golf gonna movies – I'm going to burn it down. I'm going to piss on the ashes. <laughs> the, yeah. The one-liners and golf movies are what make
1: them, I feel like. They're, they're always
0: great. And Chubbs, great character. Mm-hmm. Um, all around, just – it's very good. Yeah. Um, um,
1: so, my number two, Bobby Jones, Struck of Genius. I feel like this might be an underrated type of thing for uh, many listeners – I feel like it's always Caddyshack, Tin Cup, stuff like that. Grace Gamer played maybe Bobby Jones, struggle genius. Bobby Jones is played by Jim Caviezel. I mean the ultimate Jack of All Trade actor. The guy was Jesus and the Passion of the Christ. The guy No was, way. That was him. The guy was uh, undercover agent on Person of Interest, which was a phenomenal TV show. He was the Count of Monte Cristo. So, he's kind of touching other realms of stuff. And then he's also Bobby Jones in this golf movie. And the Bobby Jones story, I feel like, is one that's told not enough by our generation of golfers. Nobody quite knows the severity of Bobby Jones' life uh, and how great he really was. So, it's a it's a really cool movie. I Wasn't he like a
0: doctor? Bobby? Like, what, didn't he have, like, tons of degrees? I feel well, like. I know he's a lawyer. Okay, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, and then had
1: quite a few demons that
0: he had to fight. Yeah. Um. So we'll go – my number two would be Caddyshack. Uh, most people will probably say that's their number one. A lot of people will, So mm-hmm. I understand. It's kind of a uh, – I think it, one of the best things about it is that typically it is a movie that a father and son watch together. It's kind of a coming-of-age experience, uh, typically because of the um, the breasts – that are shown. The baby Ruth scene. Uh they uh they free the nipple in this movie and it's typically a coming of age moment for most young men. Um and then also, yeah, the babe Ruth the baby Ruth scene is quite uh quite great. There's so many so many great scenes. Um one of my favorite is in when uh Chevy Chase is playing at night and he hits it into Bill Murray's uh his shed his shack where he actually lives as well <laughs> yeah. and uh that he talks about the new grass that he's make, he's kind of created it's like oh it's a it's a kentucky bluegrass sensimelia hybrid you can play 36 on it and get still get stoned off your ass <laughs> and uh that right there that's one of my favorite favorite moments of that movie and we'll, i think it's going to come up on Will's uh number one here too so we can kind of roll on into it yeah that. let's keep talking about it.
1: Caddyshack's my number one uh it's the probably the only golf movie that every single time it's on i'll stop what i'm doing and watch it
0: for, yeah you're gonna watch it for at least 30 minutes no matter what you're doing yeah
1: i mean i'll flip through the golf channel and if i see a you know modern day if i see uh greatest game ever played uh, i'll stop and watch it for a little bit but if i see Caddyshack, i'm dropping my plans for the next two hours and finishing it uh, I love Chevy Chase. Rodney Dangerfield's hilarious. Dude, so good. Bill Murray in who one – Who stepped on a duck? Who, Bill Murray's somebody that's been in so many movies, and this is one of his more recognizable ones because he just loves the game of golf. Uh, yeah, I love Caddyshack. It's a great movie.
0: Well, that was like one – He like wrote in that movie, he wrote a ton of his own lines and like mm-hmm. improv. Yeah, and just let it roll. I mean, in the the scene oh, – I an eight iron. Yeah, I was about to say that scene hitting the flowers with the uh, – I don't even know what that's called, but like a it's a gar it's, it's a gar it's a a thin hoe. Yeah, and uh, that's just great. There's so many cla- Every time I watch it, I pick up on something better. So what's your and what's Spal- better than Caddyshack and Spalding? Spalding is uh. a great it, it, Spalding. When he falls in the water or whatever, <laughs> he's picking his nose. Uh, he join he drinks the he takes the drink off the table and drinks the cigarette, cigarette Picks ash. it out, throws yep. it. Um, throws up in the hood of the car. And see, this is tough. The more I talk about it, like, I just, 10 Cup to me, like, 10 Cup is a movie that you don't have to love golf to like the movie. And I feel like Caddyshack is more in that cult. It's a cult comedy, and people will like it for that reason because, like, now National Lampoon took off and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, and then it's like people that just love golf love it. But ten cup I feel like par- probably two because of when it was made. But and Kevin Costner and Renee Russo and I don't I can't even remember what's his name, uh Ponce, his caddy. Ponce. Uh who's Cheech and Chong. Uh <laughs> like those three right there is great. I just love uh and then who's who Paul Johnson is the is the the antagonist of the movie. Yeah. Um but cheech, it cheech marine, yeah. Cheech, uh, I, I just love the movie all around Costner. There's and the cool thing about it was, is all the actual like PJ Tour pros that are in it. Um, Peter Jacobson was like hit, uh, uh, Costner's swing coach, yeah, for the movie. Um, Gary McCord helped with it, Phil Costas in it. helped with it, Phil Johnny Miller, The Lee Walrus. G- Man you're shooting chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass <laughs> when he sh- this whole my favorite scene in that movie is probably on the driving range at the US open the whole when he's got the shanks that that whole transpiring is cla- I think I say that I don't know five times Once around not for me typically making fun of other people who shank it um even though I did get a ho- have a hosel adjacent on the uh, on the range the other day. But it's just such a good movie all around. And it, it's one of those ones, like, it has a happy ending, but it's not the happy ending that you thought it was going to have. Mm-hmm. All, typical movie, he would have gone and when he would have won the U.S. Open, ridden off in the sunset, gotten the doctor lady. Yeah. But instead, he sticks to who he is. And, you know, he's like, I got here by going for broke, never backing down, being Roy McAvoy, the driving range pro from Texas. And he keeps dropping the balls there until he hits it on the green. He's like, I'd rather go down – being me, then potentially win not being myself, yeah, and i I don't know, I love that, um, and when he finally
1: hits it on the green and the crowd erupts,
0: he's a hero, like yeah,
1: no matter what the score is,
0: yeah, so I, I don't know, I think you could, there's some there's some serious life parallels you can take there, um I mean it also probably and it's probably a little extreme, but I bet it relates a lot to some of these guys, like on the mini tours that like literally at one point he pawned off his golf clubs uh, and then played in with a shovel <laughs> and he pawned off, he pawned off his clubs to be able to pay the his landlord of the driving range and business partner who's a stripper cash to pay off the note or whatever and then he goes and wins money on the course hustling people with garden tools and a baseball bat. So he can get his clubs so back. So he can go buy his clubs back so he can keep giving lessons to the doctor lady. Yeah. Um, How incredible. I, it's it's just so good. I laugh so hard every time. I love his crew of friends. I don't know. There's something mystical about that time. You had like had the Leetrovinos in the world, that, the, all the guys, that, the Crenshaw's that came out of Texas. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's something mystical kind of about – that area in golf as well. So very close one, two with Caddyshack. My dad's probably going to cry when I say that Caddyshack wasn't my favorite. Um, but I don't know. I just, I find myself, I've, I've showed 10 cup and watched, made people that aren't golfers watch 10 cup and they have loved the movie. So I find, I find some, some good in that. Some solace. My le- least favorite golf movies.
1: Okay. Oh,
0: my least favorite. It's yeah. it's close. My, I will say honorable mentions for both.
1: Don't uh, you say what I think you're going to say.
0: Bagger Vance. Yeah, I hate that movie. I kind of like it.
1: I it's, mean, you got a Will Smith, which makes no sense. Yeah, but it's kind of cool to see him in a weird role. I mean, somebody that's that great of an actor. Like
0: iRobot. iRobot's a weird role. We got him and Matt Damon. Another like Matt Damon.
1: I mean, you've got. I got the Genie from Aladdin being one of his more recent ones and not his most famous with Jason Bourne in a golf movie.
0: You you just pulled, for Will Smith, Genie from Aladdin. Not Fresh Prince, not Pursuit of Happiness, not uh, what's the one where he's stealing stuff from people with Margot Robbie. That one, I mean.
1: I'm trying to draw the funniest picture for our fans and a big blue Genie carrying a golf bag. Well,
0: him carrying – him wearing – Scottish golf pants carrying around persimmons and hickories looks pretty funny too. I don't know which is funnier. Aladdin. Blue guy from Mulan or whatever it was. Aladdin. What movie? Aladdin.
1: We're Disney Plus members now, okay?
0: Yeah, I am not. I am PJ Tour Plus member. <laughs> um No, I just it's cheesy. Charlie's Theron is just weird in it. Like Charlie's Theron with trying to be like some old Southern Kind of a loose woman, yeah. business lady like yeah. that just doesn't add up. Matt Matt Damon Matt. At, as a golf pro, like washed up drunk golf pro war hero. Jonah? Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't just it just doesn't jive with me. Um, I think you could have found better. But then at the same time, go to my next least favorite, which would be the greatest game ever played. Mm. Shia Buff mm-hmm. as a golfer rolling mm-hmm. balls on a wood floor at his parents' house. Night putting. Yeah, that's not – I like night putting with Dean's daughter, not night putting in the on the wood floor in my parents' house. That's right, when your dad wants to kick your butt. Yeah, but uh, that those would be my two least favorites. Uh,
1: you caught me unprepared, so I'm not prepared to make a statement on most – or
0: most. I figured you would not like Billy Madison.
1: No, I like it. I'm a big Happy Gilmore fan.
0: It's a funny movie. Holy shit, I said – You said Billy
1: Madison's Happy Gilmore. Oh, my God. I wasn't going to correct you this whole time, but since you, you pulled out that Will
0: Smith Aladdin wow, stuff – Wow, you – you definitely should have corrected me.
1: It's all right. We can go back and throw it in
0: there. I don't know why I was thinking. I No, I can't now. We, we don't edit this shit. You know, it's fine. Let it roll. We're going to let it rip. We all know I?
1: what he meant. And uh, when he said the bear trap was 16, 17, 18, it's actually 15, 16,
0: 17. So. <sighs> or are we going to start doing a uh, fact check? It's two to nothing. Are we going to start doing the fact check at the, uh, at the, <laughs> end, at the end of this? We're going to have a
1: bibliography.
0: At least I didn't call the champ- the past champion of this tournament this week, Kevin. <laughs> um
1: two to one you got there
0: so uh well that's what i've got i thought that i think that was uh i think that was fun that's
1: fun that's a cool episode and like webb said if you have any uh recommendations on lists of our favorite least favorite of anything not just golf yeah give us a tweet
0: yeah pop culture music anything movies anything
1: we love talking golf but we love talking anything
0: we love talking we most importantly we want to talk about what you want to hear
1: that's right
0: so uh that's going to be it for us. Uh, go uh, go share it. Go like it. Go rate it. Go follow it. And uh, check us out. We're going to – oh, yeah, we're going to Muscle Shoals next weekend. That's right. Looks yeah. like the weather's going to be good. I'm going to lock that in tomorrow. But we're going to go play uh, Fighting Joe and Schoolmaster, which, fun fact, Fighting Joe is the longest golf course on the Robert Trent go- Jones Golf Trail of mm-hmm. Alabama. hmm Plays along the Tennessee River? Is that right, or am I wrong?
1: No, you're right, yeah.
0: And, uh, yeah, so it should be good. Uh, I don't know if it, how green it's going to be, but I can't wait to get take my two strokes and beat Will Brewer over the head with them.
1: I haven't played a round of golf since late October.
0: And here comes the sandbagging, folks.
1: Um, no, I'm saying that to say that when next week we report, and I do, in fact, win mm. – uh, I'm not going to cash those checks. I'm going to make him sign them and frame them in our office one day for <laughs> tight lies.
0: He, uh, he didn't want to give me any strokes, even though he has n- I've never beaten him in a round of golf ever, straight up, handicapped, anything. He didn't want to give me any strokes. And I say that is your fault, sir, for not playing any golf since October.
1: That's okay. We'll get it in this week. All Take right. a couple of days off of work and get it going.
0: All right. Cheers. Cheers.